Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Druids Grove. Today we are going to be talking about a very important topic, and it's very integral to the practice of Druidry. We're going to be talking about trees and plants. So when I came into Druidry, I kind of questioned the importance of plants and trees as it relates to uh, Druidic practice. You know, I was all about the connection with nature, uh, being involved in ecological preservation, spending more time in nature, but this this business about developing a connection to trees and getting into the spirit of each tree and each type of tree or understanding the function and properties of plants and herbs, you know, I was like, well, why why am I doing all of this? What is the point of this? What's the purpose? And I admit it, I'm still not the best at it. Um, I, I don't really practice herbalism. I don't know by sight a lot of herbs and trees. I You know, I don't make tinctures and poultices or collect herbs and have jars of herbs laying around my rustic cabin and beautiful jars in my kitchen, you know, some of the things we see on like YouTube or Instagram, especially from the uh, the, the practice of Wicca or the Kitchen Witch or the Garden Witch community. Um, a lot of creators have really beautiful videos that make it look very appealing, but from kind of a knowledge and practice perspective, for me it's not very functional, so I just haven't really... Um, delved into that area of druidry that much and for whatever reason it just doesn't connect with me um, I don't know maybe I'm I'm in the medical field so I I understand kind of how risky it can be and you know the research that's required for you know doses of medication and certain medications and you know the idea of going outside and grabbing some herbs and throwing them into a tea or eating them it kind of makes me nervous but that's just that's just my perspective so back to druidry specifically. So why would druids care about the trees? Why develop a relationship with trees? Well, without them, we would not be here. We would not exist as a species. So, you know, there's that. Um, they are important to our existence. But beyond that, why should we care? You know, and of course, we can we can go out and promote tree planting and maybe even plant a tree on Earth Day, or maybe we have some house plants or even a garden, a potted garden or outdoor have a garden. But again, why approach these these entities from a spiritual perspective? And what it comes back to is, which I've talked about a few times, is the principle of interdependence. We are not alone on this planet. We coexist with everything around us. The you know, the same molecules of air that we breathe have been recycled through trees. They've been converted from carbon dioxide to oxygen that we take in. And without animals, it would be difficult for trees to live. Where would they get their CO2 that they need to survive? And when we look at habitat for animals, trees and plants and gardens, you know, all kind of plants provide habitat for animals. So if we think of all of the spiders and the ladybugs and the grasshoppers and other bugs that live there, and deer and other mammals eat them and they digest their nutrients and then the animal waste is recycled back into the ground to provide nutrients for the soil, into the soil for the plants, 
to reuse again to make new plants. So there's that whole life cycle showing that we are really interdependent with everything else around us and we are interconnected. And I mentioned before um, the quote from Carl Sagan. You know, he said, we are made of star stuff. So every atom on this earth was once in outer space, floating around out there, and through collisions over millions and billions of years, they kept coalescing to form a big ball of fire, energy and matter, and then certain atoms formed molecules, and then these molecules kept forming together to become individual things, types of rocks and water and air and then bacteria and mycelium and plants and animals and trees and so on. So when you look at it from that perspective, how can you get more spiritual than that? I mean, when you when you really back up and look at that and see how we are all interconnected and that we all came from the same background, that is a truly spiritual perspective. And when we look at the word druid, which I've mentioned before, it means knower of the oak or oak wisdom or oak knowledge. So the druids were kind of considered wood sages, sages of the forest, S-A-G-E-S, a sage. You know, they were these people with a deep understanding of the inner workings of nature and trees. And, you know, this led to their roles in healing and divination, for example. And when we look at trees and kind of the study of trees, we have the physical properties, but then we can also get into the history of them and the characteristics of them on a spiritual level. So tree lore is more deeply looked at in the Ovate grade, looking at the lore of the trees. And the OAM, um, O-G-H-A-M, is a system of 20 letters or, or symbols. Each, each of these represents a tree or a plant with its own characteristic. And the Ovate grade, you will learn to study these and develop a relationship and a knowledge of them. And again, admittedly, this is something that I, I dove into, I looked into it, I practiced it a little bit, but I, I'm not as diligent as I should be. Um, I took these little one-inch circular pieces of wood and a wood burner, and I carved one symbol on each piece of wood with the type of tree and with the characteristics, and I carried them around in my pocket, you know, one or two a day, and tried to learn them, but I just, I kind of got away from it. So for me, it's more about getting into it and learning it and understanding it, and other people really devote their time and energy into it and, and learn learn them by, by heart. I, I would love more time to study them more deeply, um, but, you know, with a job and I'm working on a doctorate and with my family and, you know, my time is limited, so I try to focus on the aspects of druidry that I can apply easily throughout my day. And I do have a shelf... Um, I guess, I don't know if you would call it an altar in, in Wicca or some druids, maybe call their spiritual place an altar, but I have stones that I've gathered out in nature and little pieces of wood, and I have these those wooden discs there and a couple of little statues to kind of remind me of my daily spiritual practice. So I do I can look up there and see them and remember the OM and connect to it and, and access that when I think about it when I'm there. And there have been many books written about the OM and tree lore. And, you know, I would encourage you to go out and look for them. There are also websites you can find and, and learn more about it if you're interested. So about specific tree lore, um, in Obod, the Order of Bards, Obach, and Druids, uh, the birch tree represents the bardic grade, the first grade. And on the Obod site, 
the website, it mentions that the birch tree is the first in the oum. Uh, it's the first tree to be planted in new or barren land, which helps birth a forest. And the birch tree symbolizes new beginning or new birth. And in some countries, birch branches are used for cleansing and self-purification in a sauna or a steam room or um, like a sweat lodge. And if you've never tasted a birch tree, um, if you can, go out and maybe use a, a plant or tree identifying app on your phone. You can take a picture of it and it'll identify it. Um, find a birch tree and take a small twig. Uh, of course, after asking the tree for permission, telling the tree your purpose, you know, explain that you're, you're wanting to get to understand the tree better and develop a connection to it quickly. And break off a little piece of the a twig of the tree and put it in your mouth. It tastes like mint or wintergreen, winter I guess. It's a very kind of cleansing flavor. It's almost like gum, like a mint gum. And people have been, for how, who knows how long, using them as a, kind of a toothbrush of sorts. You know, they can take a little twig or a branch of birch and um, spread open the edges and split the edges, and then you can scr- they scrub your teeth. This is before toothbrushes and scrub their teeth and you know it's abrasive so it cleans the teeth and it leaves your breath minty fresh so go out and try that so another way that we look at connecting with the trees is um, I talked about it before in the animism episode about looking at the energy of trees so have you ever approached a tree and felt its energy kind of radiating off of it or looked at it in different times of the year and felt its energy so you know to find think of a tree near you that you are aware of or you can even imagine one in your mind picture a big beautiful oak tree and approach it at different times of the year or even just imagine it now so in the spring in the time of Bridget the first leaves are starting to come out the spring is the season of birth and growth and there are different, many different types of oak trees as well, and you can feel them starting to kind of pulse their life forward, their, their life energy starting to come out early in the year. And, and all these different oaks have different types of trees and different colored, I'm sorry, leaves and different types and shapes of their leaves, so it's interesting to get to know them as well. Then in the summer, we can get in the shade of the oak tree for, uh, get under their canopy for shade, you know, and they're their big, tall, strong, straight trunks of the oak tree seem to kind of whisper, you know, come on, sit down, lean against me. I'll give you some shelter and a place of respite for a while, and you can cool off. And then in the late summer, we can start to see the growth of the acorns starting to pop out. And the acorns continue to grow for a few weeks, and then, you know, magically they start to just appear all over the ground. And the acorns provide food for so many animals. You know, deer and other animals come around and eat them. Um, And then these acorns are the seed for the next generation of trees to grow. And I had a friend tell me, and I didn't know this, but um, in the state of Virginia, they had started a a movement where you could go out into the woods and gather acorns and take them to a, I don't know if it would be like a wildlife um, resources station, or I'm not sure what you would call it. But you could take your acorns in there, and then they would take them to planting areas and replant them. Because a lot of times, when the acorns fall off the trees, they will sit on top of the ground and rot. Some do get eaten by animals, but many of them, most of them don't make it in the ground to be planted for, or um, to become other trees. 
So after the acorns, we start to get into late fall and, you know, their winters are, or sorry, their leaves are starting to transition into those beautiful autumn colors that we see, you know, the yellows and the golds and oranges and reds, and then they start to fall. And then we end up with this barren skeleton of a tree in the winter. And then those leaves and those acorns that have fallen, the acorns can become seeds or they decompose. And then the leaves break down and decompose and they become nutrients that go back into the soil to help feed the tree for the next year when it starts to grow. So when you're imagining this tree, if you approach this tree in your mind or, or an actual tree, any time of the year, you can feel a different energy kind of coming off of the tree. And I think back about how I used to approach nature at different times of the year. You know, I would be upset. I would say, oh, it's too cold. I don't like the winter. I don't want to go outside. Uh, you know, or, oh, it's too hot. I can't go outside. It's, it's just so uncomfortable to be out there. And, you know, I don't like the summer, you know. So, but now when I go into the forest, whatever time of year it is, I try to look at it from the perspective of a tree and it gets me out of myself so you know have we been in a drought recently um, have we had too much rain and the ground is oversaturated and the roots are rotting um, how are the leaves on the tree looking are they dry and brittle or are they vibrant and green are they absent are they all over the ground you know it connects me to this cycle of the seasons and it reminds me how dependent we are on our environment for air and food and, you know, visual stimulus and, and shelter and, and resources. And it helps me to think about, you know, how we must plant and grow and harvest, not just food, but, you know, our own ideas, our own spiritual practices, our own relationships. So, you know, when we look at trees, it's not just a tree. We can, we can get so much more out of it than just just what we physically see. And when we think about nature and the forest and trees, we take we tend to take care of what is important to us and we neglect what is not important to us. And I've mentioned uh, the Buddhist, Zen Buddhist um, master Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, he mentions that we all have a garden of emotions and thoughts. And we can choose to nurture the feelings and thoughts of love and positivity or of anger and despair and misery. So whichever, whichever characteristics and emotions we want to grow, want to grow, that's what we pay, pay attention to. That's what we nurture and grow. So I can approach trees the same way. I can approach trees with reverence and appreciation or I cannot acknowledge their role in my life, and I can just treat them as a fuel source, or a source for timber, or supplies, or even a nuisance at times. You know, many people see trees as a nuisance. But I choose to look at trees and forests with, with love and appreciation and gratitude. And, and Druidry has helped me to develop that perspective. And if we look historically, um, trees were very important to many cultures in the past, um, especially oak trees were important to the Greeks and the Romans in mythology. Um, many, in ancient times, many um, ceremonies and uh, divinations were held under the mighty oak trees. Um, Jupiter was believed to pass wisdom along through the oak trees. And historically, oak trees have been, are believed to have been around for about 30 million years. So that's 
pretty amazing. They're much older than us. So if we move on from trees and we start looking at plants, um, you know, we see that trees are important, but what about plants? They may be even more so important because they are so, so diverse and so more uh, present in our lives. And plants are important in Druidry for a myriad of reasons, especially in the form of um, alchemy and, and kind of self-transformation that we've talked about before. Um, like trees, uh, plants have their own special traits and characteristics specific to each plant. And, you know, each trait or characteristic can be applied in our own lives. And lots of time is spent, especially in the ovate grade um, of Obad, studying various plants and learning to recognize them in each season and learning, you know, their growth patterns, you know, birth, life, and death, um, learning their specific uses and characteristics and purposes. But like everything else, it depends on the individual how much emphasis they want to put on the study and application of plants in their daily lives. Again, I hate to admit it, um, I personally haven't spent much time on this practice. I love looking at plants. I I have a couple of apps that um, you can take a picture and it will identify the plant for you. You can take a picture of the leaf or the bark or the fruit and, and it'll tell you what it is. But I haven't spent a lot of time dedicated to the study and recognition on site and really have spent zero time on learning their uh, functional uses. I'm, I'm kind of weary, which I mentioned before, about taking herbs, you know, and crushing them or ingesting them or making potions or tinctures, but that's just my personal opinion. Many people do it, and they are very safe, and they're very happy with it, and they enjoy that process. And many people use herbs in their day-to-day -day lives, whether through making incense or soaps or medicine or supplements or just growing, in their, growing them in their homes for fun and, and the pleasure of having them. And also... With plants, there are so many different forms. You know, we have herbs, um, the, the whole plant itself. We have flowers and seeds, roots, stems, leaves, the oil of the plant. There are so many components to plants and different types that can be used in different ways. And in Druidry, an emphasis is placed on this, again, to kind of learn about the relationship with them and to study their uses and application to daily life. Uh, many people do grow plants and herbs in their homes and and treat them as kind of their own entity, like a family member. Uh, they want to connect with them, or they see them maybe as pets or families. And and this this you know buying a plant or growing a plant from a seed and nurturing it and helping it develop and turning into this big you know adult plant, I guess you could say, and and just helping it to grow and take care of it. You develop a relationship. You can tell when that plant is not feeling well, and you can help bring it back to life and help it feel better. You know, if you do have house plants or a plant outside, have you ever had one fall or have it have it break? You know, I have, and I had a deep sense of pain and guilt. Like, oh my gosh, what have I done to this plant? I've not taken care of it, and now it's it's hurt because of me. You know, maybe if you have had this, you have a special connection to plants in the plant world. Maybe you'd like to develop this relationship and grow it more. And like with the tree lore, there are various plants, I'm sorry, various books on herbalism, alchemy, um, kitchen witchery, which you don't have to be Wiccan, but that's kind of the term is kitchen witch, um, of using plants and herbs in the kitchen and cooking and to make spells and, and kind of imbue uh, intention and purpose and love into the food that you're make with the, making with these plants. And of course, there are other ways of studying and using plants in your day-to-day -day practice. 
So I would encourage anyone that's interested or feels a connection to trees and the plant world, you know, feel free, go out, dive into books, get on YouTube, watch videos, listen to podcasts, or just explore your own connection and understanding of plants and trees. See how you would like to work with them and connect with them in your day-to-day life. You know, do you think you'd like to develop a connection with them or a spiritual connection or a worship practice and look at it from a mythological perspective or just look at them from a biological, a chemical, or scientific uh, perspective or the perspective of each plant having its own energy and being its own being and you can, you can connect to it that way. But however you choose to approach trees and plants and tree and plant lore, there are so many ways, but just understand that it is a vital part of Druidry and it's very important in Druidry. And like other practical applications and forms of practice, you get to decide how you want to work with them and what's important to you. So I would invite you to be open, exploratory, inquisitive about all the ways that plants and trees can be involved in your life and your daily practice. And just kind of open that, open that door a little bit and look in there and see how you feel about it. See if it's something that interests you. And there is, like I said, there's so much information out there. You might have to dig around and look for it a little bit. But it is a very important part to Druidry, and I hope this has been helpful, and thank you for listening. Unjust. Why do some suffer when others do not? Do we all suffer according to our perceptions? Suffering comes from desire. Does desire lead to growth? Does suffering lead to growth? Does growth come to the unjustly treated? They have desire and they suffer, so where does the growth occur? From unjust to just is a matter of perception. I am justly treated by whatever I encounter based on how I look at it. If I am harmed, I can choose to look for growth and satisfaction or at how I have been wronged. A worm is grateful for the dirt, but ungrateful for the bird. Too much water or too little water? By looking at the benefits, even in suffering, this is growth. Acceptance, all as it should be. Magnanimity in all things. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me A Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.